Hey, it is that time again. It's already episode 20 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. And it must be driving people out of their minds to have no other alternative but to be positive regarding this season as the Canadians are 500 on the season. Every game is fun. Every game is competitive. And people are just leaving it all on the ice, which is really nice to see. The three rookies, of course, which nobody said could possibly make the team, Arbor Jackeye, Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, have been been and continue from the very beginning to play well beyond their experience level. Is every game perfect? Of course not. They are rookies after all, but they have played far better than the overwhelming majority said they were capable of or that they said would actually play. They they seem to doubt everything that the players were capable of, seem to think that they weren't ready, seem to think that they needed more seasoning. None of that has unfolded as they have played to the level. Quite honestly, that was expected. We talked about that on episodes all over the summer, how they were ready, and if they were better than what you had, put them in the lineup. Let's see what they got. Forwards Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Kirby Dock have taken control of the team's offense and are driving the team's offense, and unless there's unforeseen injuries, will continue to exceed and drive the team's offense, proving all of the fun naysayers, second-guessers, and overly parental types out of their minds by continuing to have nothing but success. Oops, guess people were wrong on that one. It will be an extremely rewarding discussion to have when the season is wrapping up, and not only has Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, and Yari Sovkoski exceeded expectations or projections, but in the process of doing so, again, we'll make all the doomsday sayers and people that said they couldn't look really, really bad. On top of that, it has been extremely enjoyable to watch and witness the significant success of head coach Martin St. Louis and defensive coach Stefan Robidas. As no one seemed to have anything positive to say about them over the summer, people wanted to continually question them and their abilities, tear them apart, and kept relentlessly harping on how the team must add a veteran presence to the coaching staff. Oops, wrong again on that one as well. These losses are piling up, and if anybody's keeping count on the inaccuracy here, this has got to be stinging and just adding up in the loss column for those folks. It looks like a really bad case of cluelessness and a lot of egg on the face that keeps showing up proudly and loudly as Martin St. Louis and his coaching staff from day one continues to display every day and every game tremendous knowledge, insight, understanding, positioning, ice time, player relational aspects, concept skills, far beyond what apparently the self-anointed thought they were possibly doing and kept questioning their abilities as a coaching staff. Again, this has got to be looking really bad for those kind of prognosticators as St. Louis, just like the team, has had far more success than anybody thought that they would. And quite honestly, it's starting to look, other than the incremental or one-year successes in 1986 where Jean Perron won the Stanley Cup and in 1993 where Jacques Martin won the Stanley Cup, honestly, Martin St. Louis is starting to look like the best coach the Montreal Canadiens have had since those great teams of the 70s coached by Scotty Bowman. And just in case anybody thinks that's a bit extravagant, even Scotty Bowman has complimented and likes the way Martin St. Louis coaches and that he brings a modern train of thought to the modern game and has been very successful and sees no reason why he won't be successful. So those are comments that he's even made about it, just in case anybody was saying, well, that's a little bit of a high status for Martin St. Louis to already have. Granted, he hasn't won any cups yet, but he's also very young in his career 
career like a lot of the players are and will probably all grow together unless something unforeseen happens and have a very dominant team for years. And the amount of surprise with all the success and abilities that Martin St. Louis has been able to apply and the performance he's been able to get out of his players strikes me as odd as many people finding surprising as he was extremely successful as a player. He was a tactical champion Hall of Fame player that clearly understands game flow, position, line combinations, adaptiveness and complementary skill sets, speed, anticipation, seeing not only the entire ice, but seeing four to six moves ahead of what's going on, kind of like one does in the game of chess, and the impact and results positively that those types of behaviors, characteristics, and game style play are going to have on the team night after night, and in the long term as it continues to build a new type of belief in the system or a new type of belief in the concepts that Martin St. Louis is applying on an individual level. He gets both team and player individuality. There's players that have certain abilities that will mesh well with others. There's players that will be highlight real players that will do things on their own that were maybe not predicted or maybe not drawn up, but they have those skills to be able to do those additional things on their own. The skills or these skills, if you will, that Martin St. Louis possesses himself and is imparting on the players is not a very common ability. It's an ability and skill that must generate extreme jealousy in many cases, if not anger with people. Because Ken Dryden has always had it as an example. He clearly demonstrated it as a player. He clearly demonstrated it as his knowledge of the game and the depth of knowledge that he had about it. How teammates interacted with each other. Matter of fact, if you want a great explanation of all of that and far more through the eyes of a player, the best book I think that's ever been written was the book that Ken Dryden wrote called The Game. And he goes into that to a level of depth and almost makes you feel like you're in the game itself. Other players that have had that kind of skill are people like Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. They're tactical, visual, calculating purists that see the game in a completely different dimension and see the game in a completely different way. And honestly, it's what separates the best from the rest, which some people get offended by titles or terminology like that, but that's why you have the people that rise to the top in their sport, in their career, or whatever it is, is because of those kinds of abilities. It's those abilities for those players that allow the term that I think has been often overused, a generational player or generational talent. That's why that term can actually describe those players. Whoever you put them with, or whenever they're on the ice, everyone is automatically better than what they normally are or their normal game is. Those players just bring that out in those teammates of theirs and across the entire bench of the team that they play for and that they're a part of. Now, some people going into the 2023 draft has said Connor Bedard is one of those kind of players. To be determined, is he? We'll find out and it will all start with the 2023 draft, the team that drafts him, and we'll see if he has that ability 
comedy, such as people will relate to in the modern time of the Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky's, and Sidney Crosby's. We'll see if he actually has those abilities. We'll, we'll see what kind of player he becomes, and if he's part of that group that I mentioned earlier, like Ken Dryden, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, and Sidney Crosby. That's a tall order for somebody to fill. There's not a lot of those kind of players. And that's not only true in hockey. Think about the other pro sports leagues and even other generational talents that have been in other levels of sports or professions. There's not a huge list of people that apply to or that fit that particular type of mold. Although there's many people undoubtedly upset that the Canadians aren't tanking and have kind of taken themselves out of, at least at the moment, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes and things like that, there also seems to be a continual attack which must be resulting in a massive consumption of eating crow regarding the exceptional job that Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes have done from the very first day they started with the organization. There were just far too many outright attacks on their experience, character, abilities that questioned highly what they were going to be able to do and what they were going to be able to achieve for the Montreal Canadiens and the organization. Jeff Gordon has been one of the most well-respected men in the NHL for a long, long time and without rehashing everything, his knowledge and skills and abilities have been clearly seen by the imprint that he left on both the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers organizations without question, as the Bruins have been one of the most successful teams of the last decade easily, and the New York Rangers were a contending team last year and are again a contending team this year. He has put together a lot of talent for two great organizations as well. So why people would doubt he has the ability to do that or even more with the Montreal Canadiens is just, for lack of a better word, stunning, honestly. Ken Hughes clearly has the Midas touch as every trade he's made has positively enhanced the team. Because of Ken Hughes, the team got a treasure chest of assets in the Tyler Toffoli trade that he made with Calgary last season. Following that, he obtained a 2023 first-round draft pick from the Florida Panthers in the trade of Ben Sherratt to that team, who ironically isn't even with the Panthers anymore, so that's a really high price to give away your first-round pick in a very, very deep draft the following season for a player that basically spent maybe a month or two months with you. That's kind of scary. From there, let's move to the summer of 2022, where Ken Hughes was willingly and very glad to take on the contract of Sean Monahan, thereby providing Calgary with cap relief so they could then sign Nazem Kadre. And oh, by the way, Ken Hughes picks up another first-round pick in that transaction. And just for icing on the cake, if that's not enough, if Sean Monahan, who by the way was a top six pick in his own draft, clears from his injuries, plays even average, let alone above average as he's already done this year for the 2022-2023 season, is then flipped at some point and Ken Hughes lands another first round pick for him, I'm not really sure how you can't be exceptionally impressed with that kind of job from a general manager. Any general manager, let alone one that has been highly questioned and kept getting badgered with, well, you've never been a GM before and you don't have all these traditional uh, abilities or you know ways of doing business of other people. So what? Thinking outside the box really has its advantages. And as we talked about continuously throughout the summer, he brings a relational set of skills and an understanding level very different from other general managers that quite honestly has been missing for a long time. Because there's always been management that have seen things from the management position, but he sees things from the player's position right down to the player's family and what's important to players and 
and what's not having been an agent for 25 years, and that cannot help but be advantageous in contract negotiation, bringing players to the team if and when they do things like that. That has all got to be a huge advantage for him being a general manager. And not only has Sean Monahan played better than expected, pretty much from the time that he was traded, he went into the team as, if not the de facto number two center, certainly on equal playing level with Kirby Dock, who was vying to be the second center behind Nick Suzuki, but had significant face-off issues. So Monahan has a chance to be kind of like a mentor if they decide to go that route with helping Kirby Dock increase his face-off win percentage, which was a real problem and a very hot topic over the summer months, if anybody recalls. So speaking of Kirby Doc, he has landed recently as a winger on the Suzuki Cole Caulfield line, which may be a way to bring him along, build up his belief in his own skills, and get him better positioned to take on center responsibilities on a permanent time frame or on a permanent level on the roster. That being said, one can't argue certainly the results of him being a winger on Suzuki and Caulfield's line has been nothing short of a tremendous success as they are the 1-2-3 scoring leaders on the Montreal roster, but he was obtained to be that big center that they have not had since they attempted to draft Doug Wickenheiser in 1980. So it's been that long since they've had a dominant big center with maybe during the time that Bobby Smith played, but other than that, really have not had that kind of presence with the long reach and the exceptional skills at center. So it's been quite a while, and that was his original purpose in being obtained at the 2022 draft this summer. However, when one thinks about all of the trades and assets that Ken Hughes has made, all the assets that he's acquired, and that doesn't even include things like moving Jeff Petrie to Pittsburgh and acquiring in return Mike Matheson, not bad for a guy that wasn't given a lot of credit as far as supposedly missing a lot of traditional skills that GMs have, and not a bad move at all in picking up a contract that has already landed an organization one first-round pick from the organization so they they could have the cap room, but also may end up getting turned around into another first-round pick. That's a heck of an accomplishment by any GM, let alone Ken Hughes. And yet, there are still a lot of people that have taken and continued to take shots at Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes. I mean, the only expression I can come up with that are, are you kidding me? I mean, is it honestly complete jealousy? What is driving that from people to behave that way? I, that is just insane. I'm not sure what else in the short period of time that Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes have been running the team. What else could you expect from two people? I mean, they've already accomplished more in their brief time with the Canadians than most people have in a long, long time with their organizations. Clearly, there's been a mandate from ownership to let them run the team and do what they see fit, apply their skills, run things, and obtain players and create an environment that they feel is the way moving forward. And obviously, they're doing a heck of a job at it. But here's the jaw dropper that I saw recently above and beyond all other remarks that I've kind of scratched my head about, and certainly in today's world would be considered racist, politically uncorrect. I just, wow, is the only word I could come up with after reading it. There was actually a quote that I saw on the internet. How could Jeff Molson hire damn Yankees to run the team? He should have known better. On a conservative level, and I, I mean literally by you know not overestimating anything, that's got to be one of the most politically incorrect things I've ever read, if not described 
described in a lot of other ways as well. And again, with what these men have already achieved, the fact that how about Jeff Molson hired the best that actually have the skills, vision, adaptability, and experience to an in-depth level to understand not only what their strengths are, but whatever they feel is missing to go out and obtain that talent and fill in those blanks. How about that? That there's something that is not done nearly often enough, far beyond sports, let alone sports, but they've done that. They have built a very solid group from not only traditional positions, but added a completely new player development staff, which we've talked about in the past, have added a analytics staff, and amongst the best, if not the best, in those positions as well. So I'm not, again, really sure how people can be viewing either one of these men in a questionable way or like, oh my God, how could they hire these guys? We should have hired, you know, fill in the blank. That is just insane to me. These guys have done the kind of job that keeps me on the edge of my seat. I will remain on the edge of my seat throughout this entire season and especially as the trade deadline approaches, just thinking about what Kent Hughes could possibly obtain, such as another potential three first round picks if he decides to move players such as Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, and Sean Monahan. And, as well, what could he possibly leverage and get in return if he's able to move out Jonathan Druin, Evgeny Donatov, Joel Armia, Mike Hoffman. Now, maybe those last four players, because of the way they've played this year and played last year, maybe they won't turn out to land as great of an asset or package as was hoped for. But at this point, moving those contracts off the team and even acquiring a third to fifth round pick in some cases, though that sounds like, oh my God, how you get that little for those guys moving the contracts may be the greatest asset they provide for the team at this point because a lot of them other than recently for Mike Hoffman who's finally turned it on seems to have found his scoring touch seems to be doing it with some consistently it just wasn't a one game highlight or anything like that the rest of them just seem like they've completely lost their desire like they just don't care they don't want to be there and they're just waiting to be traded or even waiting to be demoted or something like that it's just the bizarre thing that I've seen with players. The good news is they are the last of that kind of player on that team. That image, that attitude, and that kind of impact that players can have has finally been recycled and moved off the team, fortunately. And in addition to moving any of those players, what if he decides, and I say he, Kent Hughes, decides he wants to move Brendan Gallagher? And Gallagher's having a decent season? What could he bring? What could Joel Edmondson bring? What could Chris Weidman bring? So again, part of the excitement, and I said this over the summer, is just think of all the player movement that's going to happen, all of the assets or other players that might be obtained in these trades. That in itself makes this season exciting almost to a guaranteed level, even if the Canadians weren't playing really well. Even if the Canadians weren't playing beyond expectations as they already have. That being said, it is weird to me that the team has played so well and beaten the Penguins twice this year and yet loses the teams such as Columbus. That is a weird scenario in itself. But instead of controversy, chaos, negativity, and doubting the abilities of all these players, what if there were focuses on commitment to excellence, actual ability, skills, beating the odds and expectations when somebody says you can't or you won't? And the perfect example of that is Arbor Jacki. And I've mentioned this before, wasn't even drafted at the OHL or NHL level. Everybody said, well, he's going to be kind of a utility player at best. I mean, he's not going to be like a regular, you know, most valuable defenseman. I 
think he is a statement case of if you've got the desire to achieve, you can achieve whatever you want to. I mean, he is like the perfect common lesson learned in today's world of if you want it bad enough, it's yours. Nothing is sweeter than beating the opposition at their own game and own rules, especially when they said you couldn't do it, you won't achieve it, you don't have those skills, and then winning and beating them at those games and rules and statements, that is sweeter than anything else. Go ahead and keep telling players like Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, Arbor Jackeye, Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, Yuri Slavkovsky, and all of the coming talent like Philip Mazar, Owen Beck, and many others. Lane Hudson will be another one. I'm sure he's been told throughout his life that you're too small, you won't be able to play, you won't make it. I want to hear people keep telling them what they can't do because apparently all these players are going to prove them wrong and prove them wrong in a very highly visible way because they are all excelling at what they're doing. With that, I would be remiss if I didn't give a congratulations to Martin Brodeur for being named Vice President Hockey Operations with the New Jersey Devils. It has been a long time coming and not only has that guy been a face of the franchise as a player, he will continue to serve the New Jersey Devils well in that position also. And let's not also forget the Philadelphia Flyers who smartly hired John Tortorella this offseason as their head coach. Many people had questioned his hiring and said, really, is that the right guy for the job? Yes, it was because he has done a fantastic job starting with a wake-up call that apparently he gave everybody over the summer months and that has engaged and motivated them very appropriately for the season as the Philadelphia Flyers are winning and having far more success than anybody thought they would. Pretty much everybody had them pegged as a top three and maybe a top five team to draft next year and they're obviously exceeding those levels. John Tortorella has always kind of struck me as the Bill Belichick of the NHL. God knows a lot of people dislike him. God knows a lot of people just loathe the ground that both of those men walk on but they are to be admired. They tell it their way. They don't leave anything for guessing. Doesn't mean people will like the way they tell it but they definitely tell it like it is. There's no question about it and it doesn't really cause anybody to wonder what did they really mean by that? They pretty much get to the point whether anybody likes it or not. Thanks again for tuning into episode 20 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host Steven Stiles. Have a fantastic weekend.